I'm starting to think you're picking movies just so you can listen to me butchering some names. Because we're talking movies, we're talking Sisu, starring Jorma Tomila, Axel Henny, and Willamosa Willamo. Written and directed by Jalarmi Palander. So, they have a crate full of alcohol and a truck full of women. I think they can figure something out. I know I could. Bring the bitches. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of We're Butchering Your Name If It's Not from Canada or North America. Uh, we're going to be talking about 2022 Grindhouse Finish Feature, Sisu. Scott, take us away. All right, so the uh, you know the synopsis on uh, synopsis on this one is uh, pretty simple. It's Nazi killer Keskese. Don't fuck with his gold. I think that's the title of this episode now. <laughs> <laughs> you like it, eh? I do. I, I like when I don't have to do all the creative uh, heavy lifting. So, <laughs> yeah, it like. When we are talking about our 2023 episode, if you haven't listened to it, go back. Um, yeah, I mentioned this in my honorable mentions. It's a fun little, it's a fun little movie, but it's also a movie that it's perfect for the background, right? Like you're not really sitting into it for for anything, but it's perfectly well done, and you can like sit down at any point and just fucking enjoy the shit out of this this movie because there's nothing better than just watching some fucking nazis just getting ripped apart constantly anything else is that it like oh i thought you were gonna jump in well i'm gonna try and let you on. talk i mean a co-host means that you're supposed to do some hosting so yeah i i, I know that's 30 seconds that should be that should be my allotted <laughs> time for credit met, scott, scott has met his mess that met his threshold for this uh, this week's show so <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it was like, well, because I talked about it in the 2023 episode, too, right? So I already kind of said my piece on it, uh, but you, you've you never seen it, and you, you wanted to watch it off of my amazing recommendation. So, you know, I'm more interested in what you thought of, uh, you know, just another kind of John Wick style fuck you up and... It's just fucking nonstop action. So first off, I want to clarify, it was not Scott's recommendation. I would never take Scott's recommendation. Uh, it was actually uh, our guest uh, from our 2023 episode, uh, Anel Dalgani, otherwise known as Sarah, uh, who's actually just taken over a job at Coven, uh, the sales development and finance production company out of France uh, with offices in L.A. Uh, it was her recommendation. This is, this is actually why I watched it, not Scott's. Uh, I don't want to get uh, the audience confused. Uh, what did I think? So I actually went into this with some high expectations. And, and let me clarify. By high expectations, I'm not like, this is going to be an Oscar-winning you know, piece of cinematic history. But I like a good grindhouse. I mean, I love Quentin Tarantino's, don't forget to drink, um, Death Proof. And it's, it's basically his version of that, that genre of cinema. Um, I felt highly disappointed in this film. Um, I felt that it, it, yeah, like the Nazis just getting killed. That's great. Uh, I felt that it lagged. It's, it's only 90 minutes long. It's 91 minutes long. And at points it felt long. I was like, I don't understand how a action film feels this boring at points. 
it's almost like he didn't know how the because uh, the director Jamal uh, Jamal Jal, Jal Mari um, is right the writer and director. Um, it's like he didn't know how to. Te- he's got some good set pieces, but he it seems like he didn't know how to tie the set pieces together and create any type of tension. So it's sort of like you're watching like uh, you know an action piece, then there's like dead air. And then there's action piece, and and you you gotta weave those together better. Um, yeah, that is that's like one of my big. Well, I have some other criticisms, but that's like the big one. I actually got bored watching this film. Um, and uh, yeah, Scott, why don't you kind of just talk, yeah, talk well, back on that a bit? Because well, I think your yeah, point about me... being it. Hold on, I think your point about being able to be in the background is so valid. Like you can just essentially jump in, other than the gold, like the the inciting incident, the catalyst. After you see that, you could be doing dishes, turn around, and it's just like, Nazis getting killed? Yep, okay. Nazis getting killed? Like, there's, you don't need the story. The story is almost irrelevant. Anyway, go ahead. Right. Well, uh, and that's what I'm saying. Like, in terms, I think this is more of um, a cinematic film, right? It's not like, in terms of you're just there for the visuals. You're not there for the story. Because, yeah, a lot of stuff that it's supposed to push this thing together Um easily falls apart because if you think about it like these nazis are are the worst fucking nazis ever because they they can't <laughs> so first off nazis like, are bad uh, just to clarify for everybody scott it just yes. means nazis are bad these are just not uh, but, good soldiers <laughs> yes like they, they are the the worst like like these are like if you had like an end credit scene and like these people got frozen and they got woken up later on and you find out they're the genetic material of the stormtroopers, it would make fucking <laughs> sense. Cause you know, it, in a fucking tank with a guy going straight ahead of you and you can't fucking sh- like kill him with a shell. You can't shoot him with a, with a, with a the fucking machine gun or whatever, the Tarek gun that's on there. When, literally 30 seconds before that when he used one of your your buddy like co-soldiers as a body shield (laughs) and you're nailing that fucking body shield with a like with accurate precision and then once he dropped it you couldn't hit him again it's almost like you were better at shooting your own guys (laughs) you're just like fuck friendly fire (laughs) like friendly fire but yeah so that was the same thing like in reality like you know, like it, this movie should have been done like twenty five minutes in, because once they see the gold, right, and they're walking up with them with the tank and the sniper on on him, and then the the captain or whatever puts the sniper down, saying "Not yet," because they want to they want him to pick up all the gold that fell first, and then you're just like. It should have just finished right there. It should have been the snipe to the head, and you you can pick up you can your pick own up gold. your own you gold. Got... You can pick up your own gold. Go and, and head back, right? But but yeah, it was just like I was like fuck, man. <laughs> but it just made it because it, it it's like you said it it was more like um oh my god I'm gonna uh, David Lynch. It was more like a David Lynch style of feature in which you have your seven you written out seven scenes. And then you just want to film these scenes and then you just got to try to mix and match these scenes together to try to make a, a feature. And if you're if you're listening to Scott and going, wait, I've seen this movie and I don't understand the David Lynch reference. You need to go back and watch our Blue Velvet 
episode where we talk about David Lynch basically just being like, I want these scenes in a film. I'm just going to use film to show these scenes. The story aspect of it is kind of irrelevant. But go listen to that episode and then come back and finish this episode. And what Scott just said will make a whole lot more sense. Um, so I'm going to use my, my quote right away is uh, Michael Ordona from the Los Angeles Times. And he says, and I go, I already know people are going to be like, dude, this is an action film. I can't believe you're taking this this seriously. But he said, there is far too much suspension of disbelief required to maintain any kind of dramatic stakes. Okay. So let's put an asterisk on that. Yes, this is like Rambo-esque. Actually, this film, the director, when he was writing this, was kind of basing it off First Blood. I would say it's closer to Rambo 2 or 3 or whatever, but I can see where he's going with the original First Blood. Um, And it's actually also based off of a real, kind of a real Finnish hero. Uh, So he was a Finnish sniper in the Second World War named Simo uh, Haya. Uh, he's believed to have killed over 500 enemy soldiers during the Winter War, uh, the highest number of sniper kills in any <laughs> major war. Uh, so he, because of this, he is regarded as one of the deadliest snipers of all time. So first off, I just want to see that fucking guy's movie. Just go make that guy's movie. Don't even worry about writing a fucking script. Just go get this guy's book. Make that movie. That movie's going to be fucking sick. Um, but... So I get it. Like, we're watching an action movie. It's going to be a bit kind of crazy. And, and that in itself is is not a problem. Except that you still want to be able to make it somewhat believable. And so the example I would use is Die Hard. Okay? Die Hard is, you know, regular cop. He gets stuck in a kind of fucked up situation. And he just seems to continue just to, like, barely survive each interaction, slowly taking down the terrorists. And what I did not like about this is so Sisu is supposed, well, I mean, Sisu is not his name. Uh, Sisu basically be, means like an unkillable or whatever. Um, it's Adame Corpi, played by Jorma Tomalia. Uh, he's supposed to be this like elite Finnish commando that's killed tons of Russians. But at no point do I see him being a, a good soldier. Like, he does shitty stuff that is not, like, what a soldier would do. You know, he doesn't use, like, covering fire. Like, he just he's just not very good at the soldier stuff. And I would have preferred him to be maybe left for dead, which they do at kind of multiple times, and then slowly stalk back on the Germans, executing them in a brutal manner. Like, less head-on. Like, the whole... I'll, I'll be honest, when, when he got in the fucking water... And the, he just kept fucking sucking German soldiers in. Okay, the first one that he kills, and he, like, sucks their air, fine. But then they're sitting in the boat being like, I don't want to go in the water. It's like, come on. Like, look at where your story you want to go. This is the, actually, and this is a really good example of plot-driven versus character-driven story, right? Like, they had a plot. They had a, a direction this story needed to go, and then they make their characters do that stuff versus... The characters are making choices that move the story along. So if you're going to do this, again, John Wick is another example. of So John Wick's super fantastical, right? But I don't want to use the word it's believable, but you can you can connect the points. This happens, then he gets the guns from the basement, then he kills this guy. Like, you can understand the progression, where in this, it was, again, it was just set piece after set piece. And it's unfortunate because... This is a fucking cool concept. And I actually, and for me specifically, and I understand why they would do this in English. I 
was really hoping that this was going to be in Finnish and in German and just with like English subtitles. I think that would have given it like a weight and a grittiness. Uh, it also would have, you would have had to explain why when the Germans are talking, most likely in German, the women understand what they're saying. Like uh, Finnish and German are not even fucking close to the same language. So anyway, you feel free to comment on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Like I think, you know, that's more. Like when you bring the bitches, it's the bitches. <laughs> the schlampa <laughs> not the bitches is the bitches bring the bitches well that's a good point to end the show on <laughs> let's bring the bitches not the bitches but um yeah like i think it see because you're comparing it to grindhouse and to me it's not a grindhouse like this is more would you say it's a, an exploitation film? It's like a softcore version <laughs> of Death Wish. Okay. And like if you go original Death Wish in which you like know, Charlie Bronson. Charles, yeah. If you go original one, two, three, maybe four, because I, I still don't understand how one man's whole family can get like raped and killed constantly and not him not being the problem. <laughs> uh but like just in terms of where he's he's choosing to live yeah maybe maybe but, move uh, <laughs> try moving yeah <laughs> but uh, uh but yeah like if you go original like it it was brutal in its violence and it was brutal in in terms of like what was done to his family and stuff like that mm. this i think they could have gone that route as well but you know it, it was more in the subtleties right like when you first see the truck full of women that they've kidnapped um and you see you're introduced to the sniper of the nazis like you could tell he literally raped this woman sure yeah uh, yeah yeah, yeah. it's in like implied right right it, it's an implied right um but like why not like it's a rated r film like go go the extra mile like make it so <laughs> what i'm saying is make it so brutal that you when when you get to that end scene in spoilers where it's the women, you know, capture him and they tie him to the fucking tank mm. and they're just driving the tank, right? Like you you want his comeuppance to be tenfold of what the implied thing was that he did to all of them, right? Like the, he they should have shoved like the end of the tank up his ass and rode it all the way. Or right? shot him just off like, of it. Like, if, I mean, if we're going to be yeah. crazy, let's just get full crazy right yeah Yeah, exactly use them as a catapult and that's and so that actually from a story structure again i feel like it didn't once it kind of ramped up it like ramped up to like whatever an eight and it stayed at an eight like there was no continuous ramping up more 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 and that's i think what makes it feel a bit flat it's sort of like zero and then an eight or a six or whatever you want to call it and you just kind of stay there and you drop out and you drop back up but because the, you can't, because they kind of raise the stakes super fast right at the beginning, there's no way to go anywhere, right? So you're just kind of like mm. watching the same, again, back to what I keep saying, set pieces over and over and over. And I'll be honest, that ending with the fucking plane, that was irritating. Like that was like, well, that was your Doctor Strange love ending. N- no, that part's fine. But you listen, I don't want to spoil the fucking movie, but you're, I think you know what I'm talking about. Like th- there's going to be a sequel. There's already a sequel in development. So after you see that plane thing and you're like, what the fuck? Like, that was a bit ridiculous for me. 
are you talking about like how he survived it or yeah so the part that i was the part, the, well the, yeah the surviving part that this that was fucking ridiculous yeah, yeah even rambo says... doesn't survive shit like literally crashing from ten thousand feet like that like yeah but you know who does do that with makeshift stuff that he can find john mcclain fucking macgyver <laughs> he macgyvered the shit out of that safety feature <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah so Rotten Tomatoes, this is so this is one of these things that's so wild. Like, and I almost wonder if it's because the critics are people like Anel, like they're they're genre critics, uh, because it's got it's got a ninety four from the critics and an eighty eight from the audience. Like in a film like this, I would expect the opposite, right? Where people go in and they're just like, oh fucking killing, this is amazing, and the critics are like, okay, that was a piece of shit. But the critics are actually rating it higher than the fucking people watching the film, which it shocked me. I was very much, I'm actually shocked. Yeah. I think that more was in terms of its marketing. And if I'm not mistaken, and this could be like a Mandela effect, but I remember watching the trailer for this when we went to go watch John Wick 4. Mm. And I could have sworn at the beginning of it, it, it seemed like it had a tie to John Wick, like in terms of the trailer. I don't know if it was from the studio that brought you John Wick or cinematographer oh, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah, it just the, the it, it just seemed of like, or whatever yeah yeah but it just seemed like oh you know it, it got the interest and, and we talked about this in our best of 2023 episode in which um you know it was hyped up a lot when just before release right and i think that got a lot of people that probably wouldn't have watched it into the theaters especially if how I remember it is right and, you know, seem to be tied to John Wick. And when you see in which you're like, okay, this is in the John Wick universe, but just in fucking World War II, right? And to me, that was more like, um, um, you know, that gold was technically going to be like the relevation that um, that's the gold that they use at the continental to- and all the the hitmen, right? Like he's the father of it all. Maybe but I think you're making some <laughs> some connections that don't exist. Uh, but just before we keep going, uh, we were just talking about Rotten Tomatoes. Just want to remind you, if you are listening to this, head over to Apple and Apple Podcast and give us a five star rating. Leave a comment. The comment can be whatever you want because we are trying to get on Rotten Tomatoes as critics. Because then, of course. I can just quote myself, which is way better than having to quote other people. So make sure you do that. If uh, Whether you're liking us or not, please give us that five-star rating over on Apple Podcast. Um, so I want to talk about budgets here. We've got uh, like a six million euro, roughly $7 million budget. Did 14, so it made its money. Uh, I mean, it maybe made a lot of money, maybe even a little bit of money. Like you said, like, you know, it depends on how much there's in the marketing budget. Uh, so there's going to be a sequel like they're 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 in development on a sequel on this um jorma tamila is uh going to be coming back it's going to be written and directed again by jalmari uh interesting jorma is actually jalmari's brother-in-law <laughs> so when you want to talk about nepo it's like hey you married my sister now you got to put me in all of your movies because he was uh in his uh he was in the director's film rare exports a christmas tale and Big Game, the two biggest films. And actually, Big Game had Samuel L. Jackson in it, so. Now, what I was going to say, like, in terms of, like, the performances, like, the lead, um, would you say Jorma? 
Uh, yeah, saying? it's Jorma Tomi- Tomalia. Yeah. Like, I think he 100% is a student of that Benicio Del Toro thing that you're talking about where he just literally emoted everything based off of his facial expressions and it wasn't until like literally the end of the movie that i realized that was the first time you actually heard him fucking talk um so in terms of that like he he did a a great job in which it, it was like he captivated in terms of the attention there like but in terms of I don't know where I was going with this. I apologize because you're distracting me with your, with your. Oh, what? Because you were you fucking fell off your fucking train of track or yeah. what? Jesus. Yeah, yeah, no, I was, I'm just staring at you. <laughs> just like, start fucking you rambling on. No, no, like in terms of his performance, like didn't you think it was a good performance? And like the fact that he didn't actually say a word until the very fucking end of the movie. Oh, listen, I think he did great. Like I, I yeah. and I think I think all the the actors did fine. Um... Uh, so the the SS officer, uh, the Unterscharfier, whatever he is, uh, is Ents uh, is Henny. He's actually Norwegian. He's not German. Uh, he was in The Martian, uh, and then the lead kind of female is uh, Mimosa Willemano. She played Enio. Uh, she was in Headfirst and Lake Bodum. Uh, Lake Bodum actually is a Finnish slasher film that uh, has a ninety one percent from the critics, forty three percent audience score but i might check that out because uh, she won a bunch of awards for that film so i mean like i said i think they they brought in good actors and uh, like i said i just think that the story again the script needed work like it looks this film does look very nice like the cinematography is well done like i said the set pieces are well put together uh the dop on this is fuck Kaijul Lara Gross. Uh, I, I'm sorry, man. I definitely fucked your name up. Um, like I said, it looks really nice. It's got some script problems. I think it's got some editing problems. It doesn't have an acting problem, though. Like, Yeah, I, I would agree with that. 100%. Yeah, um, one so. of the things... Hold on, before you get it. One of the things that was interesting, because when I was first watching this, I was like, the Germans were never in Finland. Like, the Finnish were fighting the Soviets. But there's actually, doing my research for this to verify it, so it was part of the Lapland War. So from September to November, like a really short period in 1944, uh, Finland's most northern region uh, was in conflict between them and the Germans. The Germans had been their allies up until that point, fighting against the Russians. But when the Finnish signed the Moscow armistice, the Russians were like, all right, if we're going to have this armistice, you got to get rid of the fucking Germans. And for the most part, it went smoothly, but the Germans still did, like, so the scorched earth, like, burning everything down and mining the shit out of everything, that that really happened. So I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. It's like a piece of World War II history that I was totally unaware of that is accurate. So, and I mean, they're Finnish, and so they would know that part of the war much better than the rest of us who kind of focus on stuff like Juno Beach or the Normandy Landing in general, et cetera, et cetera, or the Battle of the Pacific if you're in the United States. And there's uh, our uh, new segment, History with Chris. <laughs> His, Chris on History. Christry. We call it Christry. Christry. Welcome to our, it's Be that, like, Poopod. How accurate and... are these accurate movies? <laughs> <laughs> um, so our, produ- our producer actually sent us a note. So John Wick 1 was made for $30 million and this is made for seven. So do you think that some of the challenges that we're talking about are like budgetary? Well, it's 
it's not just budgetary. Some of the challenges is you're you're budgeting based on what you think you, your movie would make as well, right? Because this is hard R. Hard R movies very rarely nowadays um, make their money back, right? Like because you're limiting three quarters of the audience, right? And that's why, like, unless you're Joker and you make a billion fucking dollars, which yeah, is insane. but that's the thing. But that's it, IP. Some of that was IP, right? So yeah, it's IP, but it's also you know it's rare. Like you, you think in terms of R-rated movies, like off the top of my head, the ones that did well, you got Joker, mm-hmm. but that was fifty million. Like they budget, they didn't budget to to you know thinking it was going to make as much as it did make. Um, you got Deadpool as mm-hmm. well. That was hard R, T two, right? Uh, but that was nineties, and everything was fucking rated R back then. Uh, but that's the thing, right? Like you know, this is it's it's called the movie business for a reason because it is a business, and people want to make money. So, like in terms of like a lot of people are critiquing, let's say, the Five Nights at Freddy movie, right? Mm-hmm. Made a shit ton of money. Uh, but it was PG, not as scary as people were probably hoping. Mm-hmm. But you got to look at the demographic, right? Like that whole video game. It's kids like my son and my daughter that are 13 and under that play that fucking game. So oh, is that it, that ones. was based on a video game? Yeah. Oh, okay. So that so that they're the ones that would you know be driving that IP to make the movie. So that's why it's PG 13. So the freaking people that play the games can go watch it, right? Like, so everybody that's down on it because it's not as violent as or or scary as people thinking, it's like, come on, people. Like, think of who these people are actually marketing the shit for. Well, and, and that's a good point because, like, of- Terrifier 2 was made for very little money and surprisingly made a shit ton of money. But no one's, like, you're right. You're not counting on that. Like, it's very yeah. different. If you do not... If you want to make more money, do not make a like an R-rated film. Like the, the 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 odds of making a shit ton of money on an R-rated film are very narrow. Again, unless mm-hmm. you are doing like an IP like, but I mean, so let's look like Deadpool IP, Joker IP. Like they already have a built-in fan base that came out for that, right? So yeah. just doing like original and, and that's stuff. The thing. Like like in terms of Joker, like think like think of the sequel. Right. Like, well, we never discussed it in terms of our what we're looking forward to in 2024. But I keep on thinking about it. Like, think of the sequel. It's now going to be a rated R IP musical. Yeah, that's right? going to be like how, that. That is either going to be really good or it's going to be fucking awful. And it's going to take. But that's the thing, like the balls uh, on Todd Phillips to be like, all right, I fucking made a rated R movie like. You know, and, and that made a shit ton of money. Now I'm going to make a fucking sequel. And it's going to be a fucking musical. We're going to have more Joker dancing down steps. Dun, dun, right? Dun, 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 dun. right. But that's the thing. Like, to me, it's it's stuff like that that kind of drive this, right? Like, fucking making a, an R-rated fucking movie about a guy killing Nazis violently. It's... To me, it's it's a small demographic that that will go to watch it, but it, I think it was marketed right, it was tagged right, and that's what kind of drove people. So yeah, so with a seven million dollar budget, I think they're more relying on word of mouth 
uh, to give it legs to make up the um to make up the budget and and make money on it and and that was the thing it was buzzed correctly and and that's what it did right so well and i'd also like to i mean i wish we could get a hold of these numbers like a <clears throat> i'd like to know what the stream because i i i watched it on either crave or amazon but it's, it's available both those places so i'd love to know how much they got for the licensing fee right because that's going to be a, just an upfront cash payment quite possibly um and then whatever their streams are at so or rentals like there's a whole other economic world that it's much harder to get the data on. So the fact that this thing, let's say that it did have double the marketing budget. I don't think it did. I think it probably made money right off the hop, but you're already back. You're back to zero. And then everything else after that is white meat on a, like the director really only has like two features that we already talked about and some shorts and did some commercials. He's from Finland. Like, this this film is going to be very good for this man's career. It'll be interesting to see what the budget on Sisu 2 uh, is going to be because, you know, a lot of there was a lot of hype around this film. Like I said, like the people in the genre space really enjoyed it. Uh, and they're probably not really enjoying the fact that I didn't like it as much and thought that it could have been done better. Uh, what is, you know. The whole world revolves around Chris. That if he doesn't like something, everybody else is going to be sitting in the corner, being like, "Oh man, why doesn't he like what I like?" Um, what uh, would you? What would you? Is there anything that you think that right off the top of your head you could do to make this film better? And do when you do that, what would you? Who do you recommend this to? And do you recommend it? Yeah, like like I said, like it, it, it's not a bad movie, but it, there are parts that do feel a little stretched out or a little thin that, you know, they're just trying to bump up the runtime, right? And I don't know if it's just because they need a certain amount of money or a certain amount of length to, uh, to make it um, a theatrical release. Like in terms of that business end, I have no idea. That's more your cup of tea but uh, like it's a fine movie right but it's not one that i i don't think you're going to um rewatch on like this isn't going to be a rotation film i think this is this is going to be the kind of old day you know you're cleaning the house and you just have the tv on and it's on fucking you know hbo and you see it on or cinemax so you're like oh you just leave it on start vacuuming look over then boom nazi knife to the head pick to the to the chin and you're like oh, okay and then continue on right the type of thing but... we used to watch on like a sunday afternoon or something like that on like the this wouldn't be on the pear tree what was it called not pear tree or peach tree or stuff like that like the movie channels that back in the day on cable the movie channel well, that one, there were multiple movie channels. Yes, one was called The Movie Channel. Anyway, <laughs> uh, listen, if you like action films, check it out. It's Especially if you already have a service that's, don't rent it. it you know, watch it on one of your services that actually has it. Um, it'll be okay. But don't go into it with high expectations I did because you'll be disappointed. Just listen to my words. Let them soothe you. And uh, yeah, man, I mean, you get to watch uh, some Nazis get killed. So that's, uh, that's kind of cool. And that is our wrap for the day. Please like and subscribe to this podcast. Tell your friends. If you want to get a hold of us, reach us at the www.howdyoulikethatmovie.com.
I almost picture that conversation like they're at his house, they're just like chilling. Keanu's like, so what are you guys working on? And they're like, oh, we got the script, we're gonna get this old guy. Oh, cool, I'd love to do that, roll. <laughs> and just like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, man. Yeah, fuck, that'd be amazing. <laughs> I, oh, I love action movies. Nah, man, I, that's the thing. You make fun of them, but- I love them, no, 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 more... I love them. I, I know, them. I was gonna say, I, the, I, the, I know, I know. The, the, but the more, yeah, the more I read about him and the more I, I see, like, he literally might be, like, the nicest fucker. Like, I'm I'm pretty sure, just based on everything I said, if we sent out, like, a an email to this guy, like, do you want to come on our, sh- our PN of a show? He'd be like, sure, man. Well, it's like, oh, I happen to be back home in Toronto anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe not after that. Fucking <laughs> but... Listen, Dolly Parton, Keanu Reeves. Whether you believe in them or not, they're both angels. We just say that. <laughs> Production by Rod Shaver, Vader Monkey Productions.